house of the Lord, and we are growing apostolic legacy. Last week, I started talking about why blood, and I mentioned that, in fact, uh, of course, we know that life is in the blood, and I preached uh, several verses. You can re-watch it online or <clears throat> however you uh, go through, and most of you know it, and this is not anything new, but we took communion last week, and, and uh, you know, we have some communion cups that are available. If you would like to uh, do that here or take it home or take it to a loved one, and I, uh, you know, I, in fact, uh, good to have all the Keys family here, and we may uh, just uh, uh, do communion with them if they want to. And we're, why? Why blood? Because we know uh, that the blood represented the covenant and things that were said that we say all the time, blood is thicker than water, blood in, blood out, and cold blood, uh, give you a purple heart, we're blood brothers, <clears throat> all of that. We know that blood sustains life, power in the blood, what can wash away my sins, all of those words that we have said. And we talked about that covenant and how that uh, communion is a type of the covenant. It was celebrated in the Passover that went through with, uh, in fact, uh, Jesus, the Last Supper, where they were celebrating Passover. It began with the children of Israel when they had seen these amazing miracles of deliverance and supernatural displays of the power of God in the plagues and in uh, the locusts and in <coughs> the uh, uh, water turning to blood and frogs and lice and uh, you go through it and just how it was like God was sending these plagues one after another and and then they put the blood and then they heard the cries as the Egyptians uh, found their firstborn children and firstborn dead. And <clears throat> when uh, the word was, when I see the blood, the blood of that covenant, I will pass over that house. And uh, immediately they head out and they get to a wall of the Red Sea and, and, and the wind blows and the water stands up and, you know, uh, from the movie theaters to uh, whatever, that's just a, an amazing miracle to imagine walking through. I, I don't know if <clears throat> these young folks could just imagine walking through uh, the middle of a sea and water on both sides. What a what a miracle. You, you know, that's, that's not just, well, <clears throat> I kind of had a little headache and now it's gone, miracle. Amen. Those are miracles. That's not a miracle of, well, he touched the lady's heart at Delta and they, those are miracles. But can you imagine a wall of water? You go through all the plagues and your family's not touched. And they get there and Moses goes up the mountain and he, he read it in the 24th chapter. It's kind of amazing. Uh, he takes 
Uh, he's given this covenant and of course came down. They were already dancing around and all of that. And he goes back up and, and the Bible says in 24th chapter, he took the book of the covenant and read it in the audience of the people. And they said, all the Lord has said, we will do and we will be obedient. I mean, after walking through a wall of water, after all they've seen and done, don't you think they would say, we will obey? <laughs> I mean, that's like not having a gun pointed at your head, a tank. That's how powerful God is. Amen. Maybe they didn't know what a tank was. I don't know, but they said, we will obey. And, and just keep reading in the 24th chapter because it gets exciting. And then Moses took the blood he had offered sacrifices and he takes and and he has them all stand and just like we had communion last week we did it we read the verses where it says his vesture was dipped in the blood of, of, of juice of wine and and so we read that was a type of the blood last week but he brought all the people up and he began to sprinkle blood on people just imagine and I know that's hard to imagine that some of these young folks maybe have seen deer killed or something because we live out in the Midwest and Ohio, but some, you know, you know what, that's kind of bloody. Maybe the only blood you've ever seen is in the hamburger package or something. But imagine you've killed an animal and, and, and you're just throwing blood and, and all of that. And he's saying, you better obey. And they're getting blood all over them. And that's kind of gross, Pastor. And I trying to build a visual image of do this. And so they said, behold the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. Hearing a little bit of an echo or ring. I don't know who's back there. But then went up Moses and Aaron. Everybody say Moses, Moses. and Aaron, Aaron. and Nadab and Abihu and 70 more people went up into the mountain and after all this blood and all this sacrifice, and do you know what they saw? This beautiful God of Israel and he's standing there and under his feet it was as a paved work of sapphire stone. Anybody know what a sapphire looks like? Imagine just standing there and seeing this big, beautiful sapphire and the presence of God. Sister Kathy's worked in a jewelry store in her past life. Imagine a sapphire that big. And He's standing there and it looks like his feet and his body was shining like the heavens. Now, you, you turn to Leviticus because it's 
the Lord gives them this covenant and he tells them to make the tabernacle and he gives them all the instructions and I don't know how long it took them, but they, Nadab, Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, all of these have seen the powerful, beautiful presence of God. And so then in Leviticus, the eighth chapter, the ninth chapter, the 10th chapter, and I'm not gonna read it all because it'll overwhelm you because it's got all of the offerings and all the stuff, but basically Moses said, we're gonna make Aaron and Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Moses, priests after what we know later as the Aaronic or Aaron's priesthood, the priesthood, they're gonna be the high priest. And so he has special garments made for them. And, and my dad many years ago had a high priest robe. We still have it, I've used it, put it on a mannequin or, a, or something similar. And it's got gold epilepsy and it's got a breastplate with jewels and it's got a crown of mitre and it's got all these beautiful colors. And they put them all in these robes. They change the way they dress. Here they are in the middle of the garment, in the middle of the desert. And then Moses goes by and he says, I want all of y'all to wash in this labor of water. And they wash, that's a type of baptism. And they took the blood and anointed them. Now I know New Testament, we're supposed to be kings and priests. You can go, well, that's just for the preachers. It doesn't, every one of us is anointed. Amen. Can't just throw me under the bus here. All of us are supposed to be washed. All of us are supposed to be sanctified. All of us are supposed to be justified. All of us need the blood applied to our lives. That's why we, when we go down in Jesus' name, we're putting that blood, the name, the blood, the one that was shed for us on our bodies. We receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he told them to stand at the door of the tabernacle and wait. In fact, if you read it very carefully, he says, Moses said, this is the thing the Lord commanded. He said, stand here and wait so that we'll see how God wants to glorify you. What God's gonna do. So for seven days, I know we're, I know we got buttered curry chicken waiting to get us. How much longer, pastor? Seven days waiting. <clears throat> sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up. The eighth day happens. He says, let me tell you what you should do, and the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. Now, they've already seen this beautiful image of God like sapphire. They've seen all of that. And he says, Go unto the altar, offer a sin offering, and a burnt offering, make atonement for yourself and for other people, and an offering for the people, and make an atonement for them. And so they got grain together, and they started killing animals and cutting them up, and they were throwing blood on the people because everybody else was watching these, these three or four guys stand there. 
and they're throwing blood. Read it, Leviticus 8, 9, 10. Start waving. They would cut off a leg and they have a wave offering. And they're waving it. Woo, blood. Why blood? And Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people. Let me show you here. And blessed them. And came down from offering of the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offering. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And that blessing, the fire of the Lord fell and it consumed the sacrifice. Burnt offering and the fat on this eighth day, and the people start shouting, and what do they do? Fall on their faces. Why? Because it's an awesome display of the power of God. In the Old Testament, as in the New Testament, there were, in the writings, there were no chapters and verses. You get to the end of chapter 9, start verse 1 of chapter 10. And Nadab and Abihu and the sons of Aaron took fire in their censers and put incense thereon. I want to tell you something. I know I want to be able to just go bam and God just bam. Am I prepared for if I send God to go bam? Woo. Because fire fell twice that day. First time it consumed the sacrifice. And the next time Nadab and Abihu had strange fire that they didn't get off the altar. And in the same day, boom, they were killed. And you know what the word of the Lord that came? I will be sanctified in them that come near me. And before all the people, I will be glorified. If you come near me, you better come pure or I will kill you. I will be sanctified. Let me tell you how serious this was. You talk about pure. Moses later was told, speak to the rock. And he was so mad because they had already asked for water and he was frustrated. I am frustrated with these people. I give them water. I've given them quail. Now, I know none of y'all have ever been that frustrated. And he just poof, hits the rock again. And you know what the Lord said to him? Moses, because you didn't sanctify me in front of the people. How do you sanctify? I just hit the rock because I was mad. Uh-uh. 
If you're going to be part of the covenant, that's how awesome. They all are all quiet. Joshua, the 24th chapter, Joshua told them, choose you this day. The wilderness, they had seen all this stuff. And they, oh, we will, we will, we will. And I don't want to say how many sinned since last Sunday. But probably not many of us would be left. Why blood? Because you couldn't kill enough animals to cleanse you fast enough. Amen. Hmm? Even after seeing an awesome display of God, if God's presence started moving with vengeance, huh? This is why, you know, you, you look and you see the Lord would tolerate the children of Israel. And I know we don't want to talk about the awesomeness of God because we're under grace. Let me tell you how powerful that is. That's why when Jesus said, took the bread and blessed it and said, this is my body, which was shed for many. And when Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, he said, you read in 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, he starts off by saying, this is supposed to be an epistle written in the fleshly tablets of your heart. And let me tell you, if that first was glorious, he said, do you know how much more glorious it is when you come in and raise your hands and the Holy Ghost begins to flow through you and you begin to speak in other tongues? That is more glorious and more glory than the first had when they saw the fire fall. You say, well, I wish I could see fire fall Honey, when the fight, this is more glorious than when that first fire fell. People were killed. And he says, now the spirit is more glorious. Read it in 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by the spirit of the Lord. Why blood? Because we keep applying in the blood every day as I walk into the spirit world I say Lord change me again change me again change me again if it weren't for the blood sacrifice of Jesus one and done huh Oh, to feel what you feel? Just come here, raise your hand feel the sweet presence of God one and done you're out buddy that was the way the Old Testament was. I'm so thankful for the New Testament. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. That's why Paul would say to the church in the Philippians, he would say, for it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do everything and don't grumble and don't gripe. I just don't think this, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. 
Let me tell you what's going on. The Lord is checking my spirit how much more I need to get full of the glory because things don't always go my way. People I don't even know driving down the road. I took my wife into Columbus to check. Oh, no, I, I won't tell you why I took her in. Something about a computer. <laughs> Not mine, hers. <clears throat> anyway, and I was on 270, and somebody was coming up slowly beside me, and I don't know what they had done to somebody else, but somebody came up and honked the horn, got around, got in front of them, hit the brake. Not me this time, thank God, I was just watching. And I leaned over and I told her, I said, well, it looks like other people all around me get the same kind of, huh? And, and, and because of COVID and because of being, you know, Instagram and Facebook, we are able now to pop off at the mouth, put something out there on media. Huh? Just boom, and, and, and tempers, why do you think airline problems and this problem and anger, what's going on? Murmuring and disputing, I'm agitated, I'm frustrated, huh? Oh, not me, I know, none of us, we all have the peace of God, I got it. Here's what Paul told him in Philippians, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. I hope we're qualified for some of this. Among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding on, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not labored in vain, I have not run in vain, neither did I labor in vain. What are you saying? I know he wrote this and Paul himself admitted. You read it and I, I'm gonna stop. I know we, we the children and we have Sunday school and you have this, but if it were not for the blood of Jesus that cleanses me daily, cleanses my mind, cleanses my heart, are, oh, they had to carry me out by my heels a long time ago. Most of y'all didn't come in with a rope tied around your waist today. Huh? You stood in the presence of God. We, we, we felt the Shekinah of God. This is more glorious than it was. You want to talk about wide blood? Oh, that cleansing power 
Am I saying you have free license to sin and live like you want, not on your life? That's covered. Paul talked about all that. I'm not talking you'll live like you want, but I'm going to tell you, when I'm trying to do my best, I still need the blood. I still need the blood. I still need the blood. When I'm trying to wash my mouth, I still need the blood. When I'm trying to, I do a little murmuring and I do a little complaining at times. And I say, why well, going, Lord? What's going on? What's happening? I, I'm supposed to be shining blameless like a light in the world. Why? Because our labor is not in vain. Our worship is not in vain. The times we prayed for Brother Tracy, it's not in vain. I want to tell you the times he was in, it's not in vain. The times he came and played down here and I listened to him, it's not in vain. Oh, because of the blood. Paul said it like this. I do admit the end of 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, in the 20th verse, 21st verse. I'm reading this out of the message. You can read it in the King James Version. But he said, I do admit that I have fears that when I come, you'll disappoint me. You ever been disappointed in anybody? You disappoint them they'll disappoint you and in frustration with each other with each other everything will fall to pieces you ever felt those that people will quarrel get jealous tempers will flare things will be said take sides doesn't happen here Paul was worried about this 2,000 years ago angry words vicious rumors swelled heads general bedlam you can read it in the King James Version and get your blue letter Bible and go through and you'll find every one of those words in it. Amen. I don't look forward to a second humiliation by God among you compounded by hot tears over that crowd that keeps sinning over and over in the same old ways and refuse to turn away from the pigsty of evil, sexual disorder, and stuff in which they wallow. Oh, go back one, one, took it off there one, sorry. That's why when Jesus prayed, this is so important, and I'm finished, last slide. Jesus prayed in the garden. Remember, he prayed in the garden. And he said, nope, go back. Go back. You're going forward. That's all right. I may get to those tonight or we may be snowed in. Whatever. Go back. St. <clears throat> John 17 chapter. Back another one. Jesus is praying. The last prayer. One more. Go back. There it is. Here's what Jesus prayed in the garden right before he was crucified. He said, oh God, don't take them out of the world, be with them. 
Then he makes this statement. For their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. When we stand in his presence and the spirit begins to move, what you don't realize is that it's transforming me from glory to glory. I'm taking on a new image. I'm taking on, all of a sudden, things begin to look different and things begin to see different. And I, oh, it's so easy to fall into angry words and murmurs and quarreling and frustration. At least that's what the Bible says. But I am so thankful for the blood, aren't you? Let's stand. Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If you say you have no sin, I'm sorry. You need the blood. If you want to come join.